So all those earth changes, you know, if if um, if humanity doesn't raise its vibration fast enough, you know, there's going to be more drastic weather, more drastic earthquakes, etc. You know, so uh, when the vibration, general vibration goes lower, you know, you, uh, the consciousness more and more gets focused onto the physical plane. Now, of course, also this has been manipulated, you know, uh, also by the dark side. Um, to focus us even more onto the physical plane, to get us trapped here. So just, you know, in Hindu terms, to get us even more into Maya, into the illusion that we are this body. In my work, I find, oh my God, people waking up so much faster. I mean, they, there is so much light available, you know. I mean, as if everybody is slightly on LSD, I find, you know. I mean, stuff just moves fast, you know. There's so much love and light there. That wasn't like that before. Imagine, you know, um, that your lower incarnation is a mouse, that you are the high self of a mouse, you know, and you want to improve mice, mouse consciousness, <laughs> you know, the way they interact and whatever. Yeah, what a trip you have, right, to interact with that mouse. What a trip, you know, to dumb yourself down, <laughs> you know, how do you communicate? So this is the problem that high self has, you know, how do we communicate those concepts with us in the human form when we're just thinking materialism, you know, this and that, when we have a one-track mind, you know, yeah, I want that Mercedes, you know, I want that career and the trophy wife, right? So that is where most people are directed, you know, and then surviving the rat race, you know, uh, and so that's the high, that's the problem of high self. All right, this is Mike Ziglar, and I know I, I've been pretty quiet over the last several weeks. I have not been producing any videos or podcasts, but there's a lot of going on. You know, I just moved back to London after three years. And, uh, you know, at the same time, we're constantly having some issues with censorship, you know, this is just an ongoing war going on. So these things kind of get you out of alignment often and you don't have so much time to create content when you have to constantly fight, you know, for survival, basically. But, you know, I've been around with our content for 11 years and we always had some issues, ups and downs. You know, when you're questioning mainstream narrative, you're always going to face opposition. You're always going to have some challenges. And we always kind of survived, right? So I, I'm always optimistic. I think we're going to solve some of the problems we're facing. And um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, just grinding as usual. So today I have a guest, Wolfgang Arndt, who has a YouTube channel called Tools for Ascension by Wolfgang. And basically this guy is very, very deep into metaphysics, spirituality, esoteric concepts and ideas, you know, philosophy, religion, shamanism, psychedelics, etc. And I used some of his meditations a couple of years ago and they helped me. This is how I found out about him. Then I actually reached out to him when I had some issues and uh, he helped me with one-on-one sessions. So that's why I get to know him more personally and I think he's a really fascinating person with a lot of very deep knowledge. That's why I wanted to interview him. And um, yeah, we, we just talked about all sorts of things from uh, you know trying to understand concepts like prana, chi, chakras, 
reincarnation, what is higher self, you know, shifting into new version of reality, star seeds, um, a lot of deep esoteric and mystical concepts. So if you're interested in spirituality, metaphysics, check out this episode of True Fury podcast. And before we're going to go into the conversation, I just want to let you know that I'm actually offering now one-to-one coaching and mentoring online. So go to truefury.com forward slash coaching and have a look at different programs there because we have a bunch of different options. One of the areas is focused more on spiritual development. The other is more on personal development things, building a brand online, things like that. So have a look. Go to truefury.com forward slash coaching. Check out different options. Initial consultation is free of charge, so you have nothing to lose. And uh, let's see, maybe we can collaborate, we can work together. All right, so now the main thing interview with Wolfgang. Enjoy the show. Okay, so this is Mike Sigula from truefury.com and this is Truefury Podcast episode 16 and my guest today is Wolfgang Arndt. Wolfgang is a spiritual counselor with more than 30 years of experience. He studied yoga and Sanskrit Hindu spirituality in India for six years and he also lived in an interfaith community in the West for additional seven years. Um, Over the years he has gathered a great insights into spiritual subjects due to his exploration of inner spiritual realms. Wolfgang says that he sees the truth in all religions. Uh, he also has a YouTube channel called Tools for Ascension by Wolfgang, which has nearly 1.5 million video views. So Wolfgang, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me here. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, so so I, I liked, um, you know, I like your stuff. Uh, we had a session before or a couple of sessions and I used some of your meditations and they were definitely helpful. So I think, you know, people need to know a little bit more about you because uh, you you have a lot of knowledge, experience. And uh, another interesting thing is that, you know, for example, I've been uh, trying things out over the last, whatever, 15, 20 years, you know, exploring different belief systems, different practices. And I think this is really the way how people can actually understand, you know, deeper spirituality, metaphysics, f- try to find the truth. So, so I think this is kind of your approach as well, right? You've been trying all sorts of things because when, whenever I ask you something you seem to know quite a lot about the topic whether we are talking about breath work or past lives or different uh, you know belief systems so maybe you can tell us a little bit you know how did you start what was your process of getting into these kind of subjects like spirituality metaphysics was it through some experiences or education or you know you had some kind of awakening overnight. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Well, so um, um, I'm 
I got born in 1953, so in two years I'm going to be 70 years old. So I got born into post-war, uh, post-Second World War in Germany. Uh, parents were traumatized, and uh, my mom tried suicide. You know, before I was born, uh, it was a traumatic birth, like eight minutes, uh, eight hours. So I was blue when I got out, and uh, I weighed ten and a half pounds. I mean, you know, eleven pounds, <laughs> five and a quarter kilos. And um, so she went through a divorce. I actually got electroshocked. Uh, you know, and as a baby, you're joined with her. So. Uh, uh, I was born into a very depressed in, in environment as such and um, also typically uh, at puberty, you know, I got manic depression. This is, has been diagnosed um, that uh, children that had a very difficult birth, you know, at puberty they become manic. You know, that's uh, Leonard Orr and um, Stanislav Orff. They both came to the conclusion. They both do a great breath work. Mm -hmm. um, I studied um, that um, too, and uh, so uh, I was manic depressive. I was reading Camus and Sartre, existentialist. So, and the philosophy, you know, was: I mean, what's the point of life? I wasn't asked to be here, and I didn't see anything to look up to. I mean, I was born like a, a middle class upper-middle-class German, you know, a nice place, everything. But when I looked around, <laughs> there was nothing, you know, where I thought, oh, I want to do this, you know, for 50 years <laughs> and then die, you know. No, this was not something to look forward to. And so uh, I challenged, you know, if there was like a God, um, please show me, you know, otherwise maybe I kill myself, you know. So. Uh, I'm not going to put up with this stuff here. So, I, you know, in hindsight, I was very radical. And, um, well, I challenged God, and uh, then uh, she came. You know, I saw, uh, it was just a, through a, a girl, you know, I got a kiss, and there was so much love coming in, you know, it was just filling me, and I've never experienced anything like this. You know, it was not the kiss, it just came through the kiss into me. And um, so I decided to, um, you know, to look uh, for, you know, a way to happiness. You know, I mean, just study it scientifically. <coughs> you know, put everything I know, you know, and find out, find out the secrets, you know. And um, otherwise, again, you know, I, the option to check out, you know, was always there. I did not feel responsible, you know, for having to be like in a rat race for the rest of my life. And so, yeah, um, there I went. <coughs> I studied philosophy and fine art. Philosophy, I wanted to know the secrets of life. And fine art, uh, because this was the coolest <laughs> lifestyle, um, you know, and, and I was good at it too. And um, <coughs> um, then I started to meditate. I had some pretty cool mystical experiences. And uh, then I went to Sri Lanka after my first exams. Can, can you tell us a little bit about these experiences when you were meditating? And, and oh, yeah, I mean, for instance, you know, so I was in the flea market and I see a book, you know, how to meditate. Mm -hmm. 
And when I look at this book, suddenly there's a flash memory of a girl, you know, that preached transcendental meditation to me. You know, she just looked up to me and said, you should try it whenever you can. You should try to meditate. So I saw this book. I saw this image. Yeah, so I got the book. So uh, next day I'm in German forest. You know, it's fall, so the leaves, dry leaves, covering the ground all around me. I'm in the middle of the forest. I sit down in a half lotus. Right, close my eyes, do the mantra for something like Rama. And uh, then there was at a space where there is no time, no concept. You know, I just was gone as such. Uh, but what took me out of the space, I heard um, a, a, a twig cracking behind me. Right. So from this space of nothingness, of no awareness, you know, the mind went, okay, Behind me, nobody could have approached me. The leaves uh, all over the ground, I would have heard that. You know, this is not possible. And so the next thing I know, I'm, you know, sitting in a, <laughs> you know, perfect form, you know, um, standing low stance, you know, facing this direction where that twig was. You know, I don't know how I got out of the half lotus there. You know, so um, this awareness, you know, this just, I mean, you know, um, people don't just jump out of a lotus position, you know, and you, you normally, you roll over, you know, push yourself up. No, this was, I was like, pam, right there, perfect position. I looked at myself, you know, wow. So I was impressed. <laughs> so uh, then I started um, chanting Om Namah Shivaya, <coughs> and uh, there was a certain melody I fell in love with. And I mean, uh, I just published a video about this. And um, this is a super breathing exercise. That, you know, it vibrates um, all your chakras. And Lord Shiva is, you know, as a person, uh, is uh, very merciful. You know, just, you know, for, it's very, very generous as such, fulfilling your desires. And so my life just turned into something better than the movies, I have to say. You know, many times I thought, wow, this is so super cool. I mean, I was living a Bohemian lifestyle. I was um, having these beautiful experiences of love, and my subtle body's vibrating, and you feel very floaty. I was also experimenting with uh, psychedelics, and I uh, learned a lot from this. You know, studying philosophy. In philosophy, I was studying the critique of science. <laughs> And uh, what kind of psychedelics, and how old were you at that time? Um, I was about 25. I had uh, access to synthetic mescaline, you know, nice German chemistry, super clean. And it just showed me, um, you know, how, to, uh, how perception is on a higher vibrational state. Um, my body, my body uh, structure, you know, would be perfect on that. You know, I had no pronation. Uh, I was super efficient the way I could run and walk. Um, I mean, I saw myself, you know, I experienced myself ideal. And people were also responding accordingly to me. I mean, it was not just an own illusion, <laughs> you know. No, I mean, I could see in the reaction of other people, you know. So um, they were great teachers. And I mean, again, you know, I decided, you know, I want to be like that all the time. You know, I mean, that was uh, my goal, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm 
I would say most of the time I would be like compared to uh, when I was tripping before. This is my normal state now, higher vibrational state. Actually, probably more aware, <laughs> you know, than I than I was on those times. You know, yeah. At least when I, I mean, let's say when I'm like working on a factory floor, I would not be in that state. I mean, that would be too, ugh, <laughs> you know. But out in nature, when I'm like in nature, oh my God, you know, I'm just smiling and communing with everything around me, you know. So, yeah, I live beyond my dreams now, way beyond. Okay, so overall, it was just like constant exploration and trying these different uh, teachings and methods, and uh, yeah, 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 bit by bit. You know, what kind of practices you are doing like to keep yourself um, you know in a higher state of vibration let's say meditation just like some specific meditation you are doing well um, the first things uh, it was just you know initial just uh, normal mantra meditation no mind um, basically you know where you uh, don't follow the monkey <laughs> of your thoughts around um, then Omnama uh, Shivaya was just way more powerful, and I, you know, I would say because first of all you connect with the consciousness there. Second is active meditation with the breath work. You know, you vibrate your chakras. So whenever you do chakra work, your normal meditation, just sitting there cold, you know, it gets enhanced. You know, because I mean, it's like, uh, you know, you start functioning, you know, in all your systems more optimal. You know, it's like a computer that gets, you know, supercharged, right? I mean, with breath work and, you know, you supercharge your computer and you have a lot more brain capacity, you know, way beyond your 15%. Well, I mean, uh, you asked a very wide question there. So, yes, uh, <laughs> Uh, along my life, I mean, I put in a lot of time into certain systems. I studied bhakti yoga very strict for 12 years, very strict. You know, I fasted many times. Uh, I uh, uh, I slept on a, on a straw mat, you know, on the f on, on a tile floor for six years. Mm. You know, you don't sleep longer than six hours on a thin straw mat like that. <laughs> You know, uh, and I served for free, uh, and um, so and I chanted, you know, mantras for two to four hours a day. I could even do it during sleep. So, uh, and I experimented even with the mantras, you know, because the attitude I found is the most important. It's, uh, so when you, know, you chant for four hours. Mm -hmm. Is it like om, om for four hours, something like that? No, I had a more complicated mantra that I do. You know, that the purpose is to increase vibration of the body, right? No, that's when you do it loud. Uh -huh. When you do it loud, um, I mean, when you do it really loud, you know, like, you know, you start vibrating, you know, and you go like full breath work. But you can't do this all the time, right? I mean, <laughs> it would be quite strange. <coughs> well, if you do Gregorian chants as a monk, you know, you do this for several hours a day, you know, so this is their sadhana, their practice. So, but I, I would uh, use prayer beads, just like the rosary, 
you know, many traditions, you know, they have prayer beads, the Muslims have prayer beads, uh, you know, the, the Hindus, of course, they have different types of prayer beads, the uh, Catholics have the rosary, you know, there are people that um, use prayer beads to do the Jesus prayer, so in many traditions, you know, you use these beads, and there's Tower energy, they are tactile thing, um, you know, which helps to synchronize. You know, it's all it's about controlling the mind. And as a general effect, for instance, of uh, doing a mantra is that you have not any other thoughts. So uh, you, it's something like no mind, but uh, you know, you focus on something more positive than no mind, on something of a higher vibration. You know, I mean, so whatever, like you know, let's say if you meditate on love, you know, you automatically will attune to this vibration, right? I mean, if you want to meditate on anger, yeah, you're going to be getting more angry too. You know, it's just a very simple, you know, by association, you know, you, uh, you know, you connect with this. You know, even in magic, there's this law of correspondences, right? And so the mantra is very applies correspondence. You know, if you do a Krishna mantra, you start resonating with that Krishna consciousness. If you do a Shiva mantra, you resonate with this mantra. You know, if you do a, the Gayatri mantra, you know, you start connecting to those different levels of uh, awareness, you know, that uh, are described by those syllables. You mentioned uh, prayer beats. Well, what is mm-hmm. this? What is that? Um, well, um, First of all, I have a video on how to do mantra meditation if somebody wants to get deeper into this. Um, let's say, I don't have any beats here. Well, you know, you uh, in general you have uh, like beats on a string um, and uh, you do a prayer per beat and while you're doing the prayer you kind of roll and you know the wow. beat between you know your fingers. And um, so this helps not to space out, for instance, you know, that's just one thing. And then, you know, you go to the next beat and you uh, do another prayer on this beat. Like, you know, uh, as a Catholic, you know, you do like, you know, so many rounds of Hail Mary. Um, So different traditions, you know, they do, uh, you know, certain uh, rounds of so many, you know, prayers, you know, and they take track of those beats. You know, I've seen in the Cairo airport, you know, Muslim gentlemen were just hanging out there. They had a small prayer beads and just, you know, uh, wiggling their, their finger and thumb, you know. So they were doing a zika or some prayer, you know. These were pious people, you know, so um, that is the method. Hey, this is Mike, and I just wanted to ask you for a small favor. If you could let us know in the comments what you think about this episode and if you are watching a video version on YouTube or elsewhere, please subscribe to this channel, like and let us know in the comments. You know, I try to answer comments. Uh, If you want to ask some questions, I'll do my best to answer them. And if you are listening to audio version on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere, please, if you could take a moment and review this podcast and leave a comment as well Um, you know whenever you guys engage this improves visibility of this podcast so more people can discover it and I'm always happy to answer your questions thanks for all your help 
and now back to the show. And then, you know, so we mentioned chakras. I'm, I'm curious, you know, if you could define what are chakras, because is, is there actually a scientific understanding of chakras? Do scientists actually confirm existence of chakras? Because I know that different, you know, um, different countries like India, they talk about seven uh, chakra system, you know, seven different chakras. I, in China, they also talk about chakras, you know, so so chakras, this concept has been around in all these different cultures, but, uh, you know, maybe you can just kind of tell us what's, what do you think, you know, what's the definition of, you know, what do we know about chakras exactly? Mm-hmm. So the most, you know, hard scientific, you know, hard proof um, for force field. You know, chakra is an aspect of your force field, of your etheric force field. You know, your electromagnetic presence, you could say. Mm-hmm. So uh, the biggest scientific proof that are there uh, is called Kirillan photography. You know, Kirillan photography. Um, you know, basically, you, they're creating a, a force field, and 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 then you know a leaf is inserted, or even fingerprints, and you can see, you know, and then there's a photographic impression taken of that, and you can actually see uh, the force field uh, there around it. Um, they cut leaves in halves, and the force field still there. I mean, there's uh, quite some research. Um, um, I think in the secret of the flowers of of the flower. There's a book that just came out like for 50 years ago. This is an old head, you know, with Kirillan photography. They are mo- modern machines, so like in New Age stores on fairs, where you put your fingers on there, and they're supposed to show your force field. No, that is by correspondences. They just measure, you know, your force field there, and then they say, well, if this is strong, then this is strong. So they do correlations, but this is not you know how the force field actually is it's just just the representation now um <coughs> now for instance the chinese system um looks at the electromagnetic energy the medicine system right so they don't look at chakras as such chakras is a different level of your energy body than what chinese medicine looks at you know in chinese medicine um, you have um well, they have energy pathways that pretty much follow along the nerve lines. You know, there's a highway system of just energies, electromagnetic energies called qi, and then also uh, different parts of your body they're used, considered as batteries. Pointing, your intestines are one huge battery. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, your muscles. You have six layers of of muscle tissue alternating in your solar plexus area, right? So you have uh, muscle tissue, which is electrically conductive. Then you have uh, a layer of sinew, the fascia around it, which is an isolator and fat. So you have, you know, pretty much electric, uh, also your intestines, you know, again, it's isolation and liquid mass. So you can look at your body as a batteries in which you can store qi. Qi is nothing like electrostatic energy. 
So they're looking at, you know, a big battery in your intestines, one big here, brain, you know, these are all big. And then, you know, these, then you have electric magnetic paths along your nervous systems, right? So you can manipulate this through visualization and breath work, called Qigong. Yeah. Now the Hindus, um, those systems, they look at um, energy vortexes. And um, you can feel those with your hand when they're active, and um, you can um, feel them when they get activated in yourself. I show this to my people all the time. I mean, my first client, I showed you too, right? I blew up your heart chakra, how this field uh, blew up your crown chakra, right? So, um, you know, this is something you can feel. Um, of course, you can also see it in the literature it's being shown you know, in art, drawing, etc. And for instance, you even in Christian, you know, other iconography, you know, you see people with halos. Well, you know, yeah, you have a halo when your crown chakra is fully active, you know, I mean, mm. you know, I've seen it on other people, you know, people have seen it on me, you know, I mean, that is, you know, nothing special. Yeah, if you do good breath work and clear, you know, this can manifest pretty fast. Uh, yeah. do you want, I can talk longer about it. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with Kirlian photography because, uh -huh. uh, for example, sometimes they take a picture of a vegetable, let's say, right, like, right. Um, I don't know, carrot, right? And they mm. take a second picture of, of a carrot that was boiled and you can see the difference in the magnetic field around it because if it's raw, it still has a stronger field so apparently you know if you eat for example vegetables that are wow. uncooked you're actually absorbing a lot more chi right it's it's yes. healthier yes. overall but i i don't think i've ever seen a picture of actual chakras no correct this. because it is um so chakras would be just imagine you're having a pool you know and um uh, no, actually more a river flowing and with little eddies. So on the side you will have like energy vortexes, you know. So this kind of can look like this, you know. People can see it, they can feel it. Um, to, to photograph this stuff I think it would be quite difficult. Kirlian photography basically just takes an outline, you know, and, and to put a human into this you know, that you need quite a huge <laughs> template to do this, you know, and then to do, I mean, it would be a trip, but I mean, um, I can, you know, generally, and, and I don't go that route anymore, I just show people, you know, I just open their third eye, I just project into this and they feel it, you know, normally it just starts tingling, and, um, and then when you start breathing, you probably even get a three-dimensional idea or when you pass your hands over it, you can feel the resistance. You know, if the heart chakra is open, you maybe you feel a resistance over here. And when it's closed, uh, you know, it just goes to here. You know, it's very yeah. easy to, yeah. to uh, perceive as such. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I've been, you know, experimenting with Qigong. I actually did Qigong for like three years and I, you know, I'm able to feel even my chakras, uh, like my forehead, for example, the third eye. <laughs> if I breathe in, I, I start getting tingling and things like that. And my left hand 
you know, always tingles when I breathe in. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a minus, right? So it, it absorbs the energy, basically, the, the left hand. But, you know, I'm, I'm interested because technically, like, even when you meditate, you you get into that state of when you absorb more prana, right? And, uh, you know, no, some people... No, 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 not necessary. I, I mean, mean, depending you know, on the type it, as well. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, prana is generally absorbed, first of all, through better breathing, you know, through breath work. So if, if somebody just breathes very shallowly, and somebody that breath is very, you know, optimal, like full in and full out, like... You know, you have a lot more chi than you just like, <laughs> you know, and people that are depressed have a shallow breath that correlates low life force depression, right? High life force, you know, uh, yeah, high vibration, you know, high consciousness. Uh, this goes together, you know, that's why those systems like Hatha Yoga are practiced, you know. Uh, that's why, you know, there is a, a certain physical component to many spiritual disciplines, you know. To have a healthy body, you have a strong battery, you know, and then you can use your spine um, and your chakras as a modem, you know, as an antenna to send energy and to receive energy. You know, all the priests, you know, and shamans, um, they are all expert at transferring energy from the universe, you know, to whoever needs it, to the medicine, etc. You know, that's a commonality. But, you know, we're hearing these stories of people like Bretarians who apparently can live of chi only, or uh, I think he even mentioned Leonard, or he, I think he was talking about immortal yogis that supposedly live in, you know, Himalayas and can live mm -hmm. hundreds of years just mm -hmm. meditating, just living on prana. And yeah. I, you know, I believe that this is even the foundation of Chinese medicine, that is actually that the illness starts first on an, an energetic level, right, before it actually moves into the physical. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that if you, you know, um, if you are like a battery, you can technically, you know, charge yourself constantly and maybe you wouldn't need food, right? What, what do you think about it? Like, can, is it even possible to, to like completely live off prana or, or extend your life so much as the, some of those claims? Well, um, so personally I've met one person you know she was one of my spiritual teachers that influenced me a lot and she claimed um, that she I think for quite a long period lived off uh, one plate of Mahaprasad a week you know so she was fed one time a week and then she was sitting there in San Diego uh, temple there on the meadow that's what she said I don't know I didn't verify this you know this is what she claimed um, I've uh, met somebody that uh, claims that he met uh, Babaji um, you know an incarnation of Lord Shiva and uh, up on the mountain and spent a lot of time in a temple with him 
And when he came back and talked to locals about this, they said, there is nothing like that exists, that place is closed. <laughs> you know, so this was all uh, just on the astral plane. He had time dilation. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just like, um, so there are um, yogis. I mean, and let me just say, I have talked to another person that studied with the yogis in the Himalayas. And they would live in a cave, and, you know, they would, like at night, they would have their sleeping bags and freeze their butts off. <laughs> and their guru, um, their teacher, he just had a gamsha on, which is like a thin cloth, <laughs> really thin, thinner than a towel. And in the morning, he would take a shower, it was freezing cold, you know, and he said that the water would freeze, <laughs> the pizza water would freeze. Now, I've taken shower in freezing cold water, too. I mean, weather, you know, bucket was, and my, it was so cold that my hand would freeze to the doorknob if I took too long, all right? So I, I, but that wasn't comfortable. Now he was like, tra-la-la, tra-la-la, you know, washing himself. So this guy, you know, had it together, you know, I mean, just sleeping, you know, like that, you know, and so he, he knew, you know, he could adjust the thermostat that it didn't affect him. Now, there is a whole sect of yogis, they're called Naga Babas, right? uh, very respected, nobody messes with them. Those guys don't wear any clothes. You know, many times they have a thick rope or a chain <laughs> around their waist, you know, and have a loincloth on, so they're not completely naked. Some guys are hardcore and they just go naked, they don't, they don't care, you know, winter and summer. They're not, you know, it can be freezing out there. They're just naked, right? They smoke marijuana, and um, they're very, uh, very renounced, you know. Um, maybe they go around, you know, and people give them some food, you know. They don't after money. And, uh, yeah, so uh, they don't need, you know, hooting and cooling like we do. You know, so these things can be transcended. You know, that's I mean, that's that's the given. You know, that is not to be disputed. You know, yeah. uh, rejuvenation. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, look at me. I mean, I'm going to be seventy in two years. <laughs> you know, I would have never thought. You know, I will have that kind of strength and um, youth. You know, um, at, at that kind of age, I would have never believed it. And um, I'm not performing great austerities, you know, to look like that or whatever, you know. So I just, I mean, I just run a lot of love, <laughs> you know, with my clients. And I just, you know, yeah, I run a lot of love and energy and just that does it, you know, I think, yeah. Okay, so, um, and I think I wanted to ask you about this reincarnation. Um, what is there any evidence for reincarnation and also because I know you studied loads of different belief systems mm. which belief systems actually talk about reincarnation like because obviously if something repeats in all these different uh, regions in the world and different times of history maybe there is something to it right like they discovered the same thing you know that's how I always look at things. Um, so, yeah, maybe you can tell us a little bit about it. 
Mm -hmm. So let's say, I mean, this might be a little controversial, but, you know, people now, it's quite common knowledge that the Bible, you know, was cantonized several times, right? And that the things were taken out of the Bible, you know, for political reasons, <laughs> you know. I mean, there's a reason that Augustine, you know, made Christianity the state of religion, <laughs> you know, political reasons, right? Yeah, if you don't so, know that you live forever, it's easier to control people, right? Let's assume that, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, eternal life, you know, that is one of the things that is promised, you know, when you follow the path properly, you know, you gain eternal life. You know, and so also uh, through this is, you know, one is first of all, you know, your soul is eternal there, right? Um, that's right there, you know. Then uh, in other areas, you know, Jesus is kind of discussed or asked, you know, is Jesus Elijah coming back or is he this prophet coming back or that? Well, I mean, if somebody can come back, that means reincarnation, right? Means reincarnation. You know, so that wasn't stricken out of the Bible. So they had a concept of reincarnation. Also, um, when you follow the Urantia books, I mean, of course, you know, they were on the trade route, you know, with the Orient and uh, the East. You know, they, are, uh, they were very scholarly, you know, the Jewish priests. So they were, had access to all the different traditions, you know. So, and, you know, they were, I mean, Jesus went to Egypt, <laughs> you know. So uh, he got training there. He wasn't just sitting around there, you know, in Egypt. So, uh, but let's just go on. Let's see, in Hinduism, you know, um, they say, uh, scripturally, um, when you get enlightened, this goes in three steps. Sat, which means you realize that you are an eternal being. You know? And uh, anybody that I do several past life regressions with, they pretty much realize <laughs> really clear that they are eternal being, you know, that is, there is no discussion there now, you know, that they are eternal being then, you know. Then they have, the next thing is called CHIT, C-H-I-T, which means knowledge, right? So yeah, when I take somebody under and we talk to the high self or, you know, going to past lifetime, yeah, you know, you can access knowledge. You know, they have all the, you know, you can ask other beings if you have the concepts to understand you know, I mean, I can't do with the farm herder, you know, just ask uh, mathematical concepts from high self. That's not possible, you know. They have nothing to translate, to, you know. But, um, so, but you have access, you know, to knowledge. Um, Alexander, there was one mathematician, Indian mathematician, you know, he said he got his, he was considered a genius from Sarasvati, I think, the Lords of Learning. I mean, Mozart got all his composition handled right, down, you know, that is the knowledge that comes up in from the higher planes. And then the, the last step is Ananda. Ananda is just love, joy, you know, just uh, love, you know. That's the last stage, you know, of, of that, you know. And uh, this is what I teach people by opening the heart, you know, and learning how to, you know, access, you know, the love in the heart, how to projected, you know, so, uh, so, yeah, so now with reincarnation, you know, how can we prove this? So when I take somebody into a past lifetime and suddenly they start crying their eyes out, 
<laughs> you know, uh, there be very, it becomes very clear that this is not an auto-suggestion, that this is real. You know, I mean, you just know from the experience level of the people, you know, that this stuff is real. You right. know, there is, yeah. So, so you do past life regression with clients. Do they actually ever like describe what happens straight after death? Like, is there some place people are taken to? Is it like something that was confirmed by several different people? Or they, do they normally jump into like different random lifetimes? Um, actually, uh, I personally, uh, you know, experienced uh, my death. Uh, I was something like a bishop in, in in Britain, and so I was sitting in the garden on the bench. And, you know, I mean, the what I saw was very traditional as such. You know, there were angels with trumpets, and I was just lifted out, and it was beautiful. Just drifting into the light, and so uh, um, uh, people have different experience, but most of the time it's just going into the light, and um, sometimes they are loved ones. You know, this depends on the tradition here. Yeah. And um, you know, maybe you can tell us a little bit about karma. And um, free will and contracts, because this is, I think, all <laughs> to to reincarnation. You know, this idea that actually, for example, if you know you're doing the good things, you kind of you might incarnate into higher planes or better bodies or things like that. Like, what's what's your take on on all that? Well. So we're having a special situation here on this planet. <clears throat> For one thing, you know, there is uh, life, human life, um, that is evolving, you know, from lower consciousness into higher consciousness here. So this is one type of humans. You know? And then another type of uh, human here is like, we're coming down here from higher planes of consciousness, of some from the future, etc., to help out to raise the consciousness here. You know, to make sure, you know, there is this kind of, uh, yeah, um, that the timelines go into a positive direction. You know, these are the, the idea of star seeds, star hoppers, you know, incarnating here, uh, comes from here. We had a similar situation um, before the Battle of Kurukshetra, where um, all, you know, the higher beings started incarnating in human bodies, you know like this whole Krishna incarnating, um, Bhima incarnating, you know, all the, 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 this God, that God, the wind God, you know, they all start incarnating into human bodies, you know, to do a multidimensional battle here. So this time it's not a battle of physical weapons. This time it's a battle of consciousness, you know. But uh, we have a lot of star beings, warriors, you know, incarnating here. And so they're not here uh, or stuck here because of karma, you know, there's just uh, special forces coming in here, you know, they are. So, but then, uh, karma-wise, uh, so many of us, you know, had many, many thousands of lifetimes here, you know. Um, 
I'm going, some of us, you know, I have been here way back, since way back, you know, they have um, been incarnated in animal bodies, they have been incarnated in above human bodies, like ET bodies, you know, gardeners, basically, you know, that were, um, you know, creating animals, uh, creating uh, humans, you know, uh, make, you know, creating intelligence, you know, making DNA things. Um, so many of us have been involved in these activities, you know, and, and doing, yeah, I mean, breeding humans as such, you know, hybriding them. And then we have to also incarnate, we incarnate in, in those bodies too. That's so here we are. And when we were like pharaohs or lawgivers, whatever, you know, we also experience as humans the result. Yeah. So uh, in, a, in a short way, um, many of us, you know, have been involved as creator beings here on this planet since long, long ago. And we are even part of this creation. You know, we have been overseers, but we also, you know, uh, are still here, you know, suffering so too much, so to say, you know. So I have had many uh, clients that are incarnations of gods, so, you know, known gods, and um, and so they're, they're so sorry, you know, and these have, they have the heaviest lifetime, I mean, horrible lifetimes, hard, you know. Now? Yeah, yeah, as, as my clients. I mean, then, I mean, now they're doing good, you know, but as a child, in their childhood, oh God, you know, I mean, being pimped out by your own parents, being put on drugs, so just for the amusement, you know, the kids running into a wall, I mean, horrible things, you know, but they are incarnations of like really high uh, goddess, you know, so, but, uh, so they are, they take it. They take it also, you know. Um, they experience every station of life. You know, every station, you know, victim, victimizer, you know, hooker, safe, sex slave, everything, you know. They experience everything. So um, this is part of the deal, I guess, you know. And oh, they're also waking up to, to the higher consciousness. Now, when you could say, well, I mean, there are many crazy people that say there have been Cleopatra, for instance. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm aware of this. You know, I'm not stupid mm. or naive. You know, so uh, the thing is, you know, <laughs> when I asked, you know, this particular goddess, you know, enough. I mean, there's always this danger. Yeah, I'm an incarnation of this and that, right? And then get this big ego, you know. And say, uh, the, yeah, so how many incarnations, you know, does this goddess have at this time in humans, you know? Yeah, it's around 2,000. <laughs> mm. You know, at the same time, 2,000, you know, in, in handling 2,000 bodies in the same time at this time here right now. Of course, so that goddess being, she's beyond space and time, so she's hooked up. This is actually, time. sorry to cut you This is another thing I wanted to ask you. So, is it possible to have a being that incarnates now on Earth, but, you know, in this time, exists in many bodies as one being, so like as individuals, and they're actually one being? So, now... Are you talking way, about the way I incarnations throughout the history? No, no, no. 
at the same time, but not functioning as one unified being. So it's not that like um, subject, you know, 99, for instance, <laughs> you know, is aware of everybody else at the same time. No, they wouldn't be able to function. Know, and probably not even aware of, of the connection to the high self or to the goddess high self. You know, goddess high self would probably reside above high self in frequency in dimensions. Right? So it doesn't mean they're all enlightened. Hell no, 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 no. They're just struggling till they wake up. You know, some of them make it, some of them don't. You know, this is just like throwing the numbers out there. <laughs> you know, it's like a plant putting out seeds. You know, some of them make it, some of them don't. You know, if somebody so, makes it, you know, then they can do great good. So they typically might not know each other and don't collaborate in any way. They just, uh, every single one of them does their own thing. Yeah, that's uh, unless maybe uh, one helps out. So, you know, this is, you know, when you start going to the other side, that's what I do in my soul searches, you know, and you start connecting, you know, with your team. Whether this is your own high self, this is, of course, your primary relationship you should have, and then you may have outside helpers. You know, some may have a good relationship with Lord Jesus. You know, some may have a relationship with Hindu God aspects. You know, so this depends. And so some of those God aspects, you know, they just take different form according to time and circumstances. You know, so for instance, the same goddess, you know, is a white buffalo woman, it's Mother Mary, it's Kuan Yin, you know, it's just a different manifestation, you know, according to the local culture. Mm. You know, so, uh, but now the, the question is yes, you know, can they function as one group consciousness? You probably wouldn't want to hook up with all people on the same side, you hook up with your high self. When you high self, you know, you are in contact with central station, do you know? But do they all have the same higher self? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, it just unifies, you know, into the soul. It's like a tree upside down. Tree trunk is the soul, and that spreads out into the different incarnations. Incarnation stream, let's say every leaf is a different incarnation. interesting um yeah and uh, you know another thing I, I was always curious about because we even talked about it as that you you know really the the, the time is kind of the linear time is in illusion right because consciousness really is fundamental and it kind of insert you insert yourself to these different realities or bodies right so so they all kind of can be accessed simultaneously same way like when you have a i don't know hard drive and uh, you load a video game from hard drive or you watch netflix you don't have to have a progression or i click here i go there blah blah, blah. you just access the movie you want if you know the url or button or whatever right mm -hmm. so can you for example keep jumping in a history backwards forwards let's say we are incarnating now here 21st century but maybe in the previous life the one before this one 
you were living in 2200 and then before maybe 300 years ago and then you're gonna be jumping you know is it possible so okay now this is the edge you know of human thinking <laughs> you know Immanuel Kant dealt with it as a philosopher you know, how far can we think, you know, how is our hardware set up that we can even think, you know, above the other dimensions. So now this is, uh, it took me some time to figure this out. <coughs> but, but basically, um, so uh, the confusion comes, you know, we are used to think of everything in terms of Newton's physics. You know, Newton's physics is like those concepts that atoms are there, they're like billiard balls, you know, you have kinetics, you know, the energy you put in, you know, never goes to waste, you know, uh, energy always preserves itself, but basically it's ping pong ball, you know, physics as such, uh, you know, where you shoot through space and time. Now on the astral plane, uh, this doesn't apply anymore. That is the cool thing, you know, I realized, you know, when I could send chi, you know, through Skype, that distance didn't make any difference. You know, my, my clients in New Zealand and Australia, I got the chi as strong and as instant as anybody else. Like, you know, I used to do personal sessions face-to-face, -face, same thing, same quality, mm -hmm. right? So laws of Newton's physics do not apply to chi, for yeah. instance. Distance yeah, does not apply. So that's, first of all, you know, if you think, uh, you know, even from the astral plane in terms of distance, how is this possible? Yeah. No, you're having the wrong concept already. Now, second, uh, we're talking about time. <laughs> you know? So I noticed when we start running love onto the inner child, that is that person, you know, in the past, that that person changes with the inner child. You know, there's an immediate effect and there is no separation from the inner child and the person present time. You know, there is an immediate bleed over. There is also, you know, and uh, even with other work, you know, if you go back in time and change energy, it affects. It's the butterfly effect going right through. So time, in a Newton's way, you know, we have sunrise, <laughs> sunset, you know, these kind of cyclic things does not apply to the astral plane, which is only the next dimension, you know, over, above us, right? So already on that level, we're not talking about those laws of physics that we know from this material world, right? So this is, you know, the really important step that we have to understand. But, so, but now, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Well, let's say you incarnated here now in this period, and mm -hmm. we know about certain timeline of history backwards mm -hmm. that happened. Mm -hmm. If you would be inserting yourself in different uh, times of history, that these events could now be different? Well, okay. Now, for instance, uh, when you, you know, listen to the common New Age law, I mean, there's plenty of people, you know, that say that they're an incarnation from the Pleiadians and that the Pleiadians are us coming back from the future, right? And actually, you know, anybody, everybody's about space travel, you know, folding space, so to say. You know, you're not only traveling in space, you're traveling in time, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
so these uh, you know so these people from the future can incarnate you know at present time you know into a physical body you know the the contract is you know consciousness has to get swiped you don't have no memories you know but then when you gain it afterwards that's okay you know so uh Yeah, this is happening. You know, everybody that says, you know, I'm a Pleiadian, you know, incarnating here, yeah, they are from the future, you know, incarnating right here. So mm -hmm. that is a fact right there, you know. Now, uh, there are some other interesting things. I have. So, um, I, you know, I have uh, clients and so they're curious and they wanted to see how it, whether they were here, you know, in good old times. And so, you know, one client of mine, you know, she... Uh, became aware in a body where she was like a very hairy humanoid uh, uh, ape like you know uh, maybe you know maybe hairier than Neanderthal <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> All right. so and she observed that life a little bit and then she like she to me cut their sexual practices I just <laughs> you know and see so I said all right so why don't you you know see if you can give her a vision you know and show her what you want you know what give some suggestions and she did it you know she did it so then you know I, I asked her so how did this monkey woman you know um, perceive this and she said well you know I came into her dream And, you know, I came to her, you know, sh to her she was a goddess. You know, so she appeared to the monkey woman, and she was average looking, you know. But to this monkey woman, she came as a goddess. So this monkey woman had a, had a goddess appearing to her and said, you know, here, this is what you can do in your sex life. So in the same way, when people encounter, you know, their high self, that's them from the future. Actually, with some clients, I do have them connect um, with the future aspect, you know, um, of their own life in this incarnation, you know. And it's many times, you know, oh, it's gorgeous, you know, the, the vibe that comes over, you know, it's just they're enlightened, very enlightened. You know, so this can right. be done, you know, this moving through time can be done, not just through incarnation. You, you mentioned higher self, and uh, this is always um, interesting topic. Maybe you can tell us what is higher self first. But you know, I'm I'm interested in like my understanding is that yeah, as you said, it's a version of ourselves that is much more evolved. Basically, like if you go through stages of evolution, different densities before you merge back with the whole with you know source god before you are when you are still in a unit individualized part of the whole this is like the highest stage before you merge and you become back everything no, else right? no 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 that uh, we have to have a dynamic concept of high self right first of all you know yeah we are like a, upside down tree you know that connects all the way to source you know the trunk goes all the way to source now our high self is somewhere in between it's an in-between station you know generally it's considered six dimensionals uh, but we have a much higher dimensional uh, aspects of ourselves so i consider the high self more like a 
This is your public relation communication personality. That's that's what I consider high self because I've seen high self, you know, shift into different shapes, different styles, and whatever, according to what it tries to represent. You know, and according to the consciousness of the person, it will also, you know, be more elevated. So really, you know, it, it, it has a certain function, the high self, which is to be, you know, the bridge between the person and the higher consciousness. Now, uh, if a person gets to this higher consciousness, you know, the high self uh, becomes more androgynous. You're not so much male-female stuff, if that is resolved, those issues, you know. And um, then, you know, the whole perception becomes more abstract, right? I mean, most of our thinking, for instance, is just conditioned by animal survival behavior, right? Sexuality, that's all biological stuff, fear, anger, having to feed yourself hot and cold, you know. Mm -hmm. This is all animal stuff, you know. Once you uh, go beyond those pressures of survival, um, you know, uh, yeah, you can look at the trees and the stars in a completely different way. You know, so your perspective opens up to different life forms and forms of consciousness, etc. Yeah, I, you know, my understanding is also that because obviously we have our own way of perceiving reality here in this level. So a higher self might be some completely different level. How it, you know, so so even that we cannot even kind of conceptualize what it's like to be, how it looks like, you know, that's why higher self, in order for us to try to connect, he might appear to us in specific form, you know, so we can understand it. It's like an interface, right? Yeah, you interface. Have on, on, your, on your computer, an icon, so you can, uh, you know, open up the program, whatever, but obviously the icon is not a program, it has nothing to do with how the program works, it's just a visual thing for us so we can interact with it, right? So it's a little bit like that, that higher self might appear in form or give us a name or communication so mm. we can interact with it, but it's not what is it like or how it really looks like mm -hmm. because we are not able to mm -hmm. comprehend it, right? Right. Imagine, you know, um, that your lower incarnation is a mouse, that you are the high self of a mouse, you know, and you want to improve mice, mouse consciousness, <laughs> you know, the way they interact and whatever. Yeah, what a trip you have, right, to interact with that mouse. What a trip, you know, to dumb yourself down, <laughs> you know, how do you communicate? So this is the problem that high self has, you know, how do we communicate those concepts with us in a human form when we're just thinking materialism, you know, this and that, when we have a one-track mind, you know, yeah, I want that Mercedes, you know, I want that career and the trophy wife, right? So that is where most people are directed, you know, and then surviving the rat race, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the high, that's the problem of high self you know imagine you know so your soul is so vast in knowledge and but how do we bring it down into the human form let's say this was one of the things you know with um, mind you know altering drugs let's say are you hasia uh, you know, I went into those abstract worlds, you know, saw the geometric shapes, and 
then when I came down, it's like, oh God, you know, smart monkeys again. You know, I just saw people were sitting around. It's just like a herd of monkeys. You know, it wasn't a meadow; it was a carpet. You know, but it's just just smart monkeys back to the sea. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are, you know, doing your shift. Like, uh, not, not even that smart, <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> Looking at the state of the world, we could, we could argue if, if, if monkeys are, you know, we are smart monkeys. Well, uh, let me put it like this. You know, we have been heavily manipulated and misled. You know, the, the storytelling... You know, look at the storytelling. Who is doing the storytelling nowadays? It's mass media. It's Hollywood. It's um, it's advertisement. You know, they show you um, you know that a life of materialism, etc. You know, makes you happy. This is a brainwashing. You know, because you um, drink this soda, you're suddenly cool instead of getting diabetic or overweight. You know, and oh yeah, and a diet is really good tasting. Look, all those cool people, they drink it like water, you know, but then look at the people that drink diet sodas like water, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's not funny, you know. Yeah, uh, uh, one more question regarding higher self, because, you know, so there is this idea that basically every lifetime you you know you have puts you towards higher self so higher self is like this version that already went through all the lifetimes right but but you still have uh free will and you do whatever you want like and you can kind of like shift a little bit of you know how you're gonna do things like you still or the higher self knows exactly what's going to happen, how your life's going to look like. No, there is, there is only probabilities. So the thing is, the web of life, everything affects everything. It's like an ocean. And when you look at the uh, description of the Milky Way, you know, we are part of the Milky Way consciousness. You know, it's uh, Vishnu. You know, it's laying in an ocean. You know, it's a big consciousness. And uh, this consciousness expands and collapses, right? It's just like the Big Bang theory that they have, you know, so that the universe, you know, expands and then it reaches a maximum point and then it collapses to its own gravity. I mean, I know there's a lot of problems to this theory. It's just, let's take this as an analogy here, right? So in the same way, um, you know, consciousness gets seeded in creation, it expands, you know, it multiplies, you know, into all those different subsystems, like all those leaves on the tree, you know, and, and humans are not the only leaves, you know, we have animals, you have all kinds of life forms, you know, surrounding us. You know. And then um, there, uh, there comes this uh, process of contraction. Now, contraction is, you know, basically when everybody is realizing that they are source. You know, there is a general sense of enlightenment that comes through and it unifies again. It's not a destruction, it's like a unification. Like a unification, how could we describe this unification? Um, well, um, yeah, let's say, you know, if you have your gut consciousness, your heart con and your mind consciousness, and suddenly they become one. 
you know, and you function as, as one, you know, ah, yeah, this is much better, you know, or your family suddenly starts to really cooperate and nobody is selfish anymore, you know, and they all, you start functioning at one, you know, and you have a really happy family, <laughs> you know, so uh, without any discord, so, you know, there's more and more a unification, so you are, you are, I'm not this body, I'm more the soul, you know, and then you become more aware there, and, you know, on the maybe fourth dimension, fifth, you know, for fifth dimension, you see, oh, yeah, I'm an astral being, you know, I can do stuff on the astral plane, right, now, no, fifth dimension, is, oh, you know, you have access to this beautiful love, you know, You know, so you know you become aware of that, and you know be, that becomes part of your life. Then the next one up would be wisdom. So you see the big cycles of life and other things. You know, you're not consider yourself as a human anymore. You know, well, yeah, you right now you're looking through a human body at the world, but you can step out of it. You know, you can communicate with other beings, whether it's stars or gods or just a fly. You know, it really depends. You know, so. It's just an expansion of your awareness, you know, what you're capable of as a soul. And, um, you know, one more thing I, I wanted to ask you. Um, obviously, you know, everyone talks about this idea that we are moving into some new age or fourth density timeline split. This is, uh, I think, you know, interesting thing going on and you know even if you are someone who does not believe in uh, new age stuff or prophecies like the Hopi, the Mayans, all these different groups talked about the shift of the ages right even if you are completely skeptical to these kind of ideas if you look at what's happening on, in, on the planet like we are definitely going through some kind of shift there's no doubt about it you know, technology is growing exponentially and, uh, you know, we're moving into some kind of new type of humans, maybe, um, you know, so, so what do you think is happening um, and how, how this shift works? Like, what's going to be happening? What, what do you think? Well, I mean, for the skeptic, of course, you know, you just have to look at history, you know, and empiricism. And, you know, the evolution of technology, you know, of humanity has just increased you know, exponentially, right? And what has happened as a result, that we have become like a cancer, you know, on Earth. You know, like a cancer, you know, spreads uncontrollably. Yep, you know, we definitely been doing this. <laughs> You know, in, in California, people live in valleys where they're not supposed to live. You know, there isn't long-term, not enough water there, and they get driven out there, you know, by the fires. I mean, I'm sorry for everybody that is suffering. That is definitely a lot of tragedy, personally. But if you see from the big picture, you know, um, like places, you know, big places of pollution, you know, where there's a lot of negative thought forms also, you know, what do we have to uh, traditionally to clear negative thought forms? The weather, right? Every Freemason, you know, that's part of their understanding, you know, that negative human thought forms can be cleansed by insects. Insects interface with human thought, they get activated by it, so, you know, they used to have huge insect plagues, you know, in certain areas, of course, up in the North Pole, you're not going to have insect plague. It depends, of course. You know, insects, weather, 
floods, you know, winds, you know, all these elements, you know, they manifest, you know, negative thought forms. So then once it's manifested, you know, the storm is over, then uh, the astral plane, you know, these kind of uh, traces of negative energy are gone. You know, that is uh, one way, um, you know, the earth purifies the ether. Right? So all those earth changes, you know, if if um, if humanity doesn't raise its vibration fast enough, you know, there's going to be more drastic weather, more drastic earthquakes, etc. You know, if humanity shifts the consciousness, then those stresses will not manifest. You will have tiny earthquakes, etc. So uh, you know, there is a symbiotic relationship between you know the humanity and and the earth. So, um, yes, uh, can the earth shake, you know, her fur, shake off the fleece? Oh, you bet she can. You know, she can make earthquakes that wipe out our coastal cities. She can create nuclear winter, not nuclear, you know, just a couple of volcanoes. Yellowstone goes up, that whole chain goes up. You know, we're going to have, like, uh, ashes in the sky for 20, 30 years, you know. Mm. And uh, basically all... You know, all biology has to go underground, high tech. You know, so I mean, the, these possibilities are there. Um, and I mean, again, your Mother Earth is, is conscious and aware. Now, um, that is, you know, one trajectory just on the physical plane, you know, for a materialist, you know, for a gross materialist. You know, this is where this is going. Pollution, you know, over, you know, exhausting of, you know, the oceans. You know, just uh, pirating basically, you know, sucking out all the important minerals from the earth, you know, and disturbing the ecosystems, you know, um, very, very self-destructive. Yeah. And we would just die, you know, like we have like a cancer-ridden body, you know, unless Mother Earth fights back, you know, which in my opinion she can. Now, on another level, you know, it, they say that Mother Earth goes into the higher vibrational consciousness. You know, and we are part of Mother Earth. So, um, I would say, you know, when I was on Mescaline, you know, I definitely perceived those realities. You know, I mean, Mother Earth is already there. <laughs> you know, I mean, the trees are already there on this vibration. You know, it's just uh, the consciousness is basically that you can see it. You know that you that you vibrate in this realm. And there are realms here on this earth that are higher vibrational, even. You know, like a lot of the subterranean species. You know, they live on a subdimension. You know, like the centaurs and unicorns. You know, they are they exist actually. Those beings exist, but on a different vibrational level. You know, interpenetrating in you know, our level. Right. So uh, these shifting of, of spheres, you know, can happen. So there's a possibility. I mean, I haven't been there, you know, but a likelihood that there is like one level, which is a 3D level, you know, um, where it's going to be pretty nasty. And, you know, where you have to eat your soup, so to say, that you're cooked. And those that are not in love with humanity or with Mother Earth, you know, that they either stay there, you know, and have to experience that, you know, or that they even get shipped to other 3D worlds like that, you know, where they can continue in their education. And that would take them 75,000 years, you know, have another chance to get out of that. 
and uh, and then there is uh, definitely going to be the higher vibrational, you know, uh, more para, you know, more pure, um, you know, f uh, more astral plane, you know, consciousness uh, where you, uh, you know, again, there, um, you know, the physicality is not that important, like you know, bones are probably not that strong, you know, it's more like a light body physics on, on those planes, mm -hmm. where you manifest more with thoughts and things like that, yeah. you know, more like a fairy type world. You know. Yeah, so you actually mentioned 75,000 years, which is, uh, I think in the law of one, they talk about something like that, that mm. this cycle takes 75,000 years, and uh, I heard something like, you know, if you are more than 50% positive being, meaning that you actually work towards others, not being selfish, then you are gonna move into fourth density positive, right? Mm -hmm. But if you are, let's say, below 50% working towards others and the whole, uh, then you actually have to repeat 75,000 year cycle. Right, and so you go through all these incarnations for seventy-five thousand years again. Well, it's a, you know, see, um, about the seventy-five thousand. You, you, it's not necessary that you have to go through them. You know, you can make it earlier, like yogis, etc. You know, there are a lot of beings. You know, that are made it into the higher dimensions, and you know, but in general, I mean, look the. Uh, the the creation is, is set up in circles, in, in periods. Right? Just like a watch is, you know, you have circles. You know, this year is a circle. And everything, you know, there's always a repetition there. Mm -hmm. So the circle is that, um, you know, this aspect of the solar system is basically moving into different frequency ranges. You know, and we have a high frequency range and we have a low frequency range and then we have everything in between. So in the high frequency range, um, the Earth is high vibrational. Well, basically everybody is in a light body. No physicality as such. You know, so they live for thousands of years because they don't have bones that run. <laughs> you know, they're very astral beings. You know, and if you ask anybody about Lemuria, you know, uh, those channelings, Edgar Casey, yeah, they were half out of their body. They were more astral beings than physical beings. You know, they lived as aborigines, kind of, and yeah, but they could star travel, for instance. <laughs> you know, I mean, beings like that. You know, they, they, they could talk to the mountains and, and they, you know, whoever. You know, they were just more on the subtle planes than in the physical world. Right? So, um, yeah. So, you know, so uh, when the vibration, general vibration goes lower, you know, you, uh, the consciousness more and more gets focused onto the physical plane. Now, of course, also this has been manipulated, you know, uh, also by the dark side um, to focus us even more onto the physical plane, to get us trapped here. So just, you know, in Hindu terms, to get us even more into Maya, into the illusion that we are this body. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, does this answer your question? I'm getting a little lost. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm getting the ideas. Like, um, yeah, no one fully. 
so yeah okay so you're having these you know going from low frequency into high frequency and this depends always into the area in the Milky Way galaxy you know the, the photon density you know there's more spiritual light there and you know that's just like breath work you know jacks you up it's like everybody's kind of going on to LSD gradually you know and your consciousness expands you know that's very much the same thing yeah, but actually there is uh, this idea that where maybe the solar system is in this binary star system with the second star, I, I'm not sure what, what, which star is it, and once, you know, the cycle takes 25,000 years when they, um, you know, do the full circle, and the closer they are together, right, there is an energy exchange, and this is when, you know, the, you have this period of heightened activity and, and you know what's happening now this Could is kind be. of the idea yeah. because like there are all these different ideas we're moving yeah. into more energized area of galaxy yeah. which impacts the sun which makes changes on earth or maybe there are actually two stars you know close getting yeah. closer yeah I mean, you know, it doesn't really affect us, you know, really what the root cause is of this, you know, part of the mechanics. I mean, you know, yeah, it may be, does it help you to know how your transmission works, you know, if you're driving a car? No, unless it breaks down. So, I mean, you know, why this is exactly, we don't know, it doesn't affect our life, you know, in our practicality. It's a, that's just, just a discussion how many angels fit on the tip of a pencil, you know? It's, it's useless discussion, I think. You know, practically, yeah, we're working into it, you know, and we have to take advantage onto this. You know, I mean, in my work, I find, oh my God, people waking up so much faster. I mean, they, there is so much light available, you know. I mean, as if everybody's slightly on LSD, I find, you know. I mean, stuff just moves fast, you know. There's so much love and light there. That wasn't like there before, you know. The ethers were much more syrupy and dark and dark and whatever. You know? So you mean in, in the recent years you noticed yeah, yeah, much faster now? Yeah, I mean everything, you know, it seems to be uh, just, just getting lighter. And, and I mean, I don't know about the big cities, it probably gets worse there, you know, you get all the dark chi, you know, all the electronic uh, pollution there, you know, camp clouds, you know, and uh, I mean the radianic pollution in cities is just, and chemical pollution is just tremendous. Um, can you tell us just more about your sessions? Uh, you know, you said something you're focusing more on bringing light these days than fighting the dark side. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe you can just describe what kind of sessions you normally do now with clients and what kind of problems uh, people solve with your help. Well, um, clients certainly come to me because uh, either by mouth-to-mouth -mouth, um, reference or um, they've seen my videos and it did something to them, um, you know, it affects them. And I put the intent out anyhow to only attract people that I can actually help. I don't want to waste my time with hopeless cases, <laughs> you know. Um, but, uh, you know, they get, um, you know, elevated with, you know, with my um, guided meditation. And um, so these are the people that are sensitive, you know, and their high self then also says, you know, this is the guy we have to work with. So what I do is I follow the, the same plan with everybody. 
doesn't matter whether they're yoga teacher or a shamanic healer given courses. I have lots of those clients. You know, um, first of all, I uh, we do a prayer of protection and of intent. You know, setting a good intent for this. Um, then I see, you know, show about the grounding breath. You know, I'm an empath, so I make sure they do impeccable breath work with with the grounding. Um, you know, let their smile and open up for the love. We have the grounding cords cleared, any blocks cleared. I just do this with intent. And um, uh, then uh, I make sure they can hook up to their crown chakras, to their heavens, you know, to the higher dimensional consciousness. I can feel it. And we have that cleared, at least the grossest blocks that we can have cleared without having to look at the details. Many times, you know, to clear something, you have to know how there's a lesson around it. You have to look at why is this there? What happened? Right. So, and, and then, um, you know, we call for love to be poured onto us and to show the person how to, um, you know, expand their brain to get more in touch with their intuition. You know, then expand the crown chakras, then access the love coming from heaven and earth. And many times there are blocks right there. And, uh, you know, clear as much as possible. And you know, this is all in the period of one session, right? You know, <laughs> lying here. Right? And uh, then, um, you know, we try to open the heart. I project love onto them and see how they react, how they can feel it. Uh, I teach you know, how to open the heart, how to pump it with love, how to project the love, and how to project the love into chakras. Then I have them do this with the inner child. Then I have them do and talk to the inner child. At least get a yes or no code going with them. Then I have them talk to the high self. And then when they can talk to the high self, either in yes or no code, or many to get good answers, you know, full sentences, pictures, and stuff like this, well, then we go and do business. <laughs> you know, what has to be cleared first? You know, trauma, uh, magic, vows, uh, you know, uh, childhood trauma, whatever. High self knows and uh, we go and do it. Right? And, uh, you know, I called in on angels and other beings that are qualified, you know, to help out because their high self many times can't do it. It's too heavy. Does that answer the question? Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, but it works on the various issues from oh, anything. Tra traumas uh, to things like spells, contracts. <laughs> anything, you know. I mean, yeah, let me, what is bread and butter stuff here, right? First of all, love, you know. Uh, I mean, love is the most precious thing in our life. I think ultimately, when you look back, it's many times more important than career and money. You know, and uh, well, I used to work in a new age store for a year. I mean, I managed a new age store for a year. And I, my mind was just blown how many women buy love spell paraphernalia. How many and women what? about love spell paraphernalia, you know, how to, I mean, candles for love spells, uh, incense for love spells, spell books for love spells, you know, all kinds of symbols for love spells. Oh yeah, this was a big seller, big, big seller. Uh -huh. And that's just so, modern, in modern society where people look down on this as superstitious and stupid and naive, right? 
Yeah, so this was big time in good old times. So we all are affected by love spells, believe me, believe me, you know. I mean, and uh, then there are other things. We did vows of celibacy, you know. We have pious monks and nuns still following us around from our past incarnations. That thing, fornication, is like the gateway to a carnal life and entanglement, you know. I mean, there are a lot of influences, like vows to only love, you know, Bobby or Beatrice, you know, forever and ever. So... Uh, um, so these kind of things, they can be cleared up, you know, where trauma happened, a lot of, you know, uh, women got abandoned, you know, a lot of men got betrayed and rejected and hurt, everybody's hurt, everybody's wounded, and taken this kind of, you know, old baggage into a relationship, you know, it always is the big burden. So clearing these kind of burdens from past lifetimes, you know, really helps in a relationship, really, really helps. And many times, you know, I mean, I, let's say somebody is married to Bobby, right? So then I asked, you know, how many incarnations did we have with Bobby in a human body? This might be 20, you know? So then what kind of were those relationships, you know? Was this conjugal, was it competition? Was a roller coaster? Was it harmonious? You know, and then uh, many of them didn't move on because there was trauma. They're still ghosts, and they, of course, you know, affect your relationship <laughs> with their biases. You know, they still want revenge or are super attached and submissive and have guilt. You know, all kinds of emotional trips are being run. And which could really confuse a relationship. So once they are gone, you know, in the heavens, so to say, in a higher dimension, uh, you know, um, things really get better in a relationship and smooth out. So that's just one example. There are people that have been cursed, you know, other reasons for that. You know, there are people that have certain, uh, they hear voices, you know, they feel harassed by energies. Uh, there are people that have physical problems, you know, where there is no explanation, you know. Um, those kind of things I, I deal with, you know, see what happened in past lifetimes, you know, clear, get those trauma clear, you know, and whatever that was. So as long as we can talk to a person's high self, you know, and I'm very successful, I think, with, you know, finding solutions, you know. Actually, something came to my mind, um, you know, I was with someone as a partner in the past, and uh, this girl, she she was a up-and-coming, you know, musician, singer, was getting a lot of success with, like, events for tens of thousands of people. And suddenly what happened was that um, she started coughing, you know, and uh, over a period of a couple of months she started losing her voice. And, um, you know, and she had to stop singing and she went downhill with depression and everything. And, and the doctors, she went to the best doctors in the UK and they said, it's a mystery illness. No mm. one knows mm. yeah. what's the reason. And, uh, yeah. So you, you had these kind of cases where like conventional medicine says we have no idea and then something maybe is blocking her maybe past life thing or something like that yeah yeah black magic you know black magic is a big one i mean uh, the symptoms looked like there was probably some on your black magic done with her 
Uh, most people get affected just by envy. You know, I mean, just by I have envy. The envy of other people is kind of a black magic, for instance. You know, um, I mean, I have a lot of clients that are beautiful women and. Uh, there is so much envy with them from other women, you know, when we clear that, I mean, it's a big release from them, it's a huge release. So that's just, you know, when you're really successful, you know, you automatically attract the envy, you know, of other people, you know, that want to be the same, that want to be famous, you know. And so, and then, of course, this could be people, of course, from the business, too. You know, a lot of people in the business um, do black magic, you know, to uh, get the fame, you know, to to get that power. And um, I mean, I, there are a lot of rumors and people talking about this. I don't <laughs> have to give any references there. Um, I even found, uh, you know, in my work with my clients that um, people that are famous nowadays, you know, they did this by sacrificing other humans in the past. And then they absorb their um, their good graces, so to say, their life force, etc. And that's that gives them that special glamour, that special presence, you know. And of course, those people that are the victims, they they're lacking the life force. You know, their life is very you know dreary. You know, no energy. You know, no success, and because it's gone, you know. And so, once those stuck soul that have been sacrificed have been returned then those people come back to normal again, you know, so I don't like to do this kind of stuff, it's dark, you know, I feel it as an empath, you know, um, I feel their pain, and, you know, so you have stuff with this in your heart, I can feel it, you know, just many times that people get stabbed in the heart, so, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, but this is, you know, has been so common, it's unfortunate, I mean, not necessarily with film stars, but people getting sacrificed, you know, for other people's benefit is very common. Let me just give you the big picture. Christianity was one of the first religions, you know, that made sacrifice, you know, illegal as such, you know. The Jewish system was that of sacrifice, you know, that's why Jesus got so angry. You know, you paid for your sin, you know, you sacrificed a pigeon, a goat, or whatever, you know, and you were clean, right? The, the Druids used sacrifice, they used human sacrifice to make human curses stick, you know. Of course, the Maya and all those, yes, for sure, right? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, so did the Romans, right? I mean, uh, what do you think the, the Colosseum was? Huge blood sacrifice, you know huge blood sacrifice, you know, and so uh, Christianity was the only one, you know, where this kind of, well, the Jesus teachings of unconditional love, you know, were the ones, it's not a tooth for a tooth, you know, it's not a life for a life, you know, no, it's about love and forgiveness, so. All right, um, is there anything else you want to add before we're going <coughs> to wrap wrap things up yeah uh, well uh, just you can go to my website um, to get more information but if you want to have a session send me an email um, that is the fastest way to get in touch with me I haven't even touched my website uh, <laughs> I'm so busy uh, you know producing videos um, you know but uh, before you even contact me watch some of my videos and see if you resonate with it 
all right? Make sure, you know, you are on the level, you know, before you contact me. Okay, thank you, Wolfgang, for taking time to talk to me today. We're going to share the links in the description of this video. And uh, thanks for checking out this episode of True Field Podcast. Until next time. I thank you very much for uh, having me on here and I wish you the best with your you know noble endeavors here. You know, I ask for the blessings, you know, from all the divine beings onto you at your projects. Thank you.